Okay, hit it. Hi, and welcome to I Think I've Heard the Rakers. My name is Alex V. Cook, and I write songs and play in the band The Rakers. In this podcast, I'll be talking to my bandmate Lance Porter, songwriter and guitarist with the band, about the ideas and craft behind our songs. For this season of the podcast, we're going to be going song by song through our new record, the independently recorded and produced number five. Lance and I will take turns interviewing each other about our songs, depending on who wrote what. We'll also be joined in the conversation by guitarist and spirit animal Leon Lejeune, bassist and band Luthier, Louis Roussel, and drummer fact checker Anna Byers. In this episode, we'll talk about Lance's song, How I Knew I Wasn't Country and what it means to be in a fight. Patrick Kevin with my ass on a Saturday night. Guess I had it coming. To him it wasn't personal to me. It was a revelation. I once thought I could fight. What turned out that night. That's when I knew. I wasn't country. Like, what would it take? Like, what would someone have to do? Like, for probably, you to be like... It would be, you know, like, something to do with my wife or my girls, you know, you know those, like that. Uh, yeah. Or one of you guys. Like, if yeah. somebody, like, came after one of you guys yeah. or something, I would, I would... But at the same time, I'm also 
cognizant of, you know, that I'm that is going to result in me likely getting uh, right. It's just not going to not going <laughs> to play out. But but I you know I still have a leftover enough toxic masculine masculinity in there that uh, that uh, you know that might come out at some point. I'd like yeah. to speak to the toxic masculinity. <laughs> Do you think you could actually throw the punch? Because I was in a situation where it was like. It was the time when a punching was supposed to be happening from me to another person, and I got I got that fist up, and just I just couldn't follow through. You think you could do it? I think I could. I mean, I, I haven't thrown a punch, you know, in a long time. Um, but uh, if in a in a situation where it was like you know defending yourself, you have to. Can I try to make you mad right now? <laughs> I, I think it is a testament to our band that nobody has taken a swing at anybody <laughs> in these five years. I mean, there have been, it's come close. But I, well, I'm just thinking about a situation where I saw, where I was, I was out at a bar with a couple guys, and there was like a situation that kind of called for it, that, you know, involved this guy and his wife, and and he was like, I don't know what to do. And we were, you know, my friend and I weren't going to be like, you need to go up and like hit that guy <laughs> because we're not those people. And he did. And it was like so awkward because he didn't really commit to it. Yeah. I think there's part of it like he had part, part of a sense of like, I really should do this right now. And part like those two jerks are watching. So it's like he had multiple levels of audience happening. I've been in situations where it's been close, probably not in the last 10 years or so, but, you know, and it's always best to just get the hell out, you know? It's just right. Like, and you know. it astounds me when I see people, like, our age, yeah. that, <laughs> that are ready is. to, like, bow up mm -hmm. and, like, I think go. you have to keep fighting. You know, like, for us, it's like, maybe I could have thrown one when I was 19, mm -hmm. but... I can't now in my in my thirties. Like maybe you did when you were younger, but it's like no. you take that break. But these guys, you know, they've committed right. to punching, you know, consistently. So you know, like even when they're older and should have aged out yeah. of the system, they're still they're still just just throwing them. Right. I mean, I grew up in small town Mississippi, and there were fights all the time and every weekend. And there was a group of people that I knew grew up with who. That's what they did on the weekends. Like they right. fought. Like they mm -hmm. just got in fights all mm -hmm. the time, and I had already aged out of it by that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, you, Leon, played in uh, bands in the '60s and little honky tonks and stuff like that. That are like known for. That's all people did there was fight. Yeah, that was whole towns, like football teams. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, there's only what, 11 people or maybe 20 with the whole thing. But the fact that you're from a town that's a rival against another like town. Like that's what it took to be from a town. town. Yeah. We yeah, actually like had a little bit of that. And that actually has a little bit to do with this. Like Mark's yeah. and Bunky were like, um, Wait, Bunky. who was the Bunky? Leon is from Bunky. Yeah. Who was the Bunky rival? Well, Marksville. Oh, Marksville. Yeah. Of course. Primarily what did you call Marksville? Like everybody's got like a like a, well, we're a crappy the, name for the rival town. We're the Panthers. I don't think it had a nickname, but like 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 if if Bunky was like Funky Spunky whatever, yeah. that's what I would call it. Marksville had to have a name. It like, probably you know, did, but I never yeah. heard one. Okay. 
But here's anyway, going back to the 50s, he maybe totally knows longer. What it is, by the way. Yeah. The football game, Monkey and Marksville, was kind of like LSU and Ole Miss. Pretty much at the end of the game, like the ship is in Marksville, shit would hit the fan, and all the parents and the people from the bleachers would go out and have a big fight in the field. <laughs> this would be like at halftime? No, this is when it was oh, at the like end if, of the game. If yeah. somebody, you know, thought something went bad with the coaching, I mean the ref stuff. Right. But um, I never personally witnessed that. I heard about it. And I played on the football team. But I was like the third string, maybe. Like if we got about 80 points ahead, I'd get to go in the game. It was like <laughs> do, you, do you have a picture in your football jersey? Yeah, I do. We're going to need that. We're going to post some it's photos. In, in 66. We're going to post some photos on our website, uh, therakers.com, to go along with this podcast and with various things about promoting this record, number five. And that will be one of them if we can find Leon in well, a football jersey. Weighed 118 pounds. Yeah. 150. Tackling people bigger than you. Mind that I'm fat. That's what he said. Like he's like enormous, like unbelievably huge. Yeah, I don't know if that's physically possible. Yeah, no. (laughs) Then people were smaller and lived near the water. Then, yeah, yeah. A lot of the guys were like not much bigger than me, but they were fast and furious. But then, like the tackles and linebackers, they were really big people. Well, I never knew anybody tougher than like skinny farm kids. Mm They were like always like, especially if they're short, country yeah. strong. Oh yeah, you don't want to mess yeah. With them. yeah, yeah. So we've established that you know you're less likely to get in a fight now. <laughs> now back then, in the context of this song, which is like, what high school? No, actually, this was this was like more like junior high. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So what would it take then to get in a fight? I mean, we fought all the time at that point, and and I you know thought I could fight until I ran into someone that Leon was just talking about, you know, who was like a little scrawny country kid, who was from the rival town, by the way. It moved Vidalia, Louisiana, was across the river from Natchez. He had moved the town into my neighborhood and was like a little, like, wormy-looking kid. So, you know, of course, I thought that I I could take him. thought I could take him, you know. And so it was like, uh, I think it it was the context of the whole thing was that um, I don't even remember why it started, but... You know, what we did on the weekends was we threw things at cars or we uh, rang people's door doorbells and ran or we, uh, you know, pulled pranks all weekend. Uh-huh. And something happened where there was some disagreement. And so the fight broke out. And it didn't take long uh, for, for me to be uh, pretty overwhelmed pretty quickly by sure. this little small country guy. So, yeah. yeah. And I think the song is somewhat about this, but what's the ultimate value of getting your ass kicked? Well, I think because I know, think there's there is there's, a, hum, there's a humbling thing to it sure. too. But also, you kind of realize, like you know, the small town, and you think you're big stuff or something, but you know, not not really. <laughs> yeah. And um, but in the grand scheme of things, it's also really about uh, the song is about being able to kind of, um, kind of get past the part of where that fighting is even a thing, and that it's something that's you know makes you powerful, which it really doesn't. You know. Right. Um, so, you know, after you get your ass kicked, you have to reckon with these things and think about the fact that... We're well, not talking about, like, not... getting jumped here, you know, like... No, no, this was like, a, some, uh... this was like a, a ring of people. It was like a schoolyard fight kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh... But that age, junior high age, that's like yeah. a, a asserting leader of the pack. Yeah, but, you know, the whole thing was, like, 
I, like I say in the song, I had it coming. I totally had it coming. Like, it was my fault. I deserved to get my ass kicked. I think I am always was running my mouth, and I was running my mouth at something. And he took exception to it, and he should have. And I think so, that's valuable, though. You know, like, you run things. into people now, you know, it's like, you're just a little bitch, and you should have had your ass kicked at some yeah. point. Yeah. But now you're a fucking grown-up. Like, right. you, like, somebody should have kicked your bitch ass mm-hmm. years ago so that you would be a tolerable human being now. This guy is... is I think we need to maybe change... Uh, the degree of what it would take for Anna to, to throw a punch now in something. Yeah, but I tried. I, I, I tried. I really, I really I tried. tried. Anna wanted to jump into a sound man at the night. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 We're, oh, on, yeah. we're on the parking lot sharing love shit. Uh, and then the sound yeah, man. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Yeah, that's what was happening. Exactly. And um, Anna was ready to go to fist. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it looked like that because apparently it turns out in the moment, Anna is not ready to do anything. Anything, yeah. Oh. Well, I don't think any of us are. I don't yeah. think any of us are. But I mean, we all have like I mean, our, fantasies our of facts would have to be against the wall. Yeah, we all have fantasies of like I'm yeah. going to defend my family if you really, yeah, and yeah. like yeah. whatever. It helps any kind yeah. of fight, but just to get in it for a pissing contest and yeah. you're not really mad. No, yeah. That wouldn't be. I think what stopped me from punching that guy was thinking about what a pain in the ass the whole thing was going to be for everybody. It's like I'm at my, you know, my favorite bar. Like if I punch this dude, people are going to have to get involved. The night's going to cut. You know, just let's just yeah, let's just not punch people in That's our thirties. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right, think or so. even your. I 20s. think I intervened in that and. He fucked up our sound the rest of the night. He did, yeah. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, he turned off so turned we got. Off mic, so what did we up. learn from getting <laughs> our ass kicked in that, that um, regard? I honestly uh, didn't do anything wrong, though. It was very no, weird. Yeah, she didn't do anything yeah. wrong. I was just making love stuff in the parking lot. <laughs> 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 All right, well, on to the song. Because I was thinking about the song and about your songs in general. There's two things I like about your songs and two things only. <laughs> Everything else uh, I just like about them, and um, I'm glad that they're your problem and not mine. But, um, no, the two, the two things that really strike me about your songs is first how you write about real people and real things and put them into the chords and the storm and the drama of everything. And I always take kind of more of a fictional approach to songwriting stealing things from people's lives here and there to make a song. But I love the honest, almost autobiographical way I feel that you go into songwriting. How much of this song is real? Actually, all of of this song is true. Like, right down to the part where I say I acted like he hurt me worse than he did, and and he let me back into it. I love that line. At one point, uh, I acted like I was really hurt badly. Like... Mm -hmm totally like like he had really hurt me and he being a like good country boy came over and was concerned about the fact that I was hurt and I sucker punched him that's the oldest and got back in I totally did yeah but then he finished me off after that like it was like (laughs) yeah that That changes the whole yeah but yeah yeah yeah, there was that like I look back at it and like I said all along this guy was in the right so everything about the song is completely uh is actually accurate and it's like standard what, protocol in small town fighting at that age <laughs> or maybe even high school is whether it's a nightclub or recess you go ahead and do it 
and then you shake hands and buy him a beer or yeah, yeah. vice versa. Usually you end up best friends, best friends. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we ended up friends after that. Yeah. When it, when it was largely recreational, yeah. really, mostly. Yeah. But it, it's it's like, like, and nobody was, you know, getting seriously hurt in this yeah. at all. And so, But it seriously was a turning point where I realized, you know, that's not really something that I'm, I'm not yeah. good at. And, um, you know, I need to avoid those situations and see if I can talk my way out of it. So that's why I wrote a song about it, because it was weird? sort of a formative, you know, time in my life where I realized that that, that was not, that I wasn't going to be able to make my way uh, at that point. You know, and, and on the other hand, I know that this guy actually looked him up on Facebook, and um, he's now a prison guard. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, well, you, and what's his name? You, you his, name is, his name is Patrick Kevin. That's, that's Patrick Kevin. I did. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's like, to me, that's just like a cool thing that I've, I've thought about doing that because I know you do that in mm -hmm. the songs, is go ahead and just name them. Patrick Kevin, I know you're listening to this podcast, man. Right. I know you've been a fan yeah. since the very first episode, yeah. which was last week. Right. Go ahead right. and give us a holler. Well, we'll I think about, I think about Kenny. Guest, man. Love to have you as a guest. I think about Kenny uh, in Stealing Cool. Yeah. And like that's very like nakedly about this dude. Yep. And uh, Kenny, if you're listening, how he's a guest. He'll be, he'll be listening. He'll listen. He'll probably he will listen. call in. We'll probably will bring him in as yeah. a guest. Yeah. Uh, we'll Where Skype him in. Right now? He's, in, he's Frank in Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll Skype him in. He would ignore me, right? Yeah. Um, so, so how did you, taking that story, how did this kind of song come about? It came about with me thinking about just this idea of that I love country music, like, uh, and I love the country parts of what we do. But I was just thinking about the fact that it almost feels like to make different kinds of country music, you have to be kind of vulnerable as a person and as a male, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, that it make that sets sets what we're doing apart from like contemporary country. You know, we're not making bro tastic music. Yeah, it's no. more about you know, something that's true. And so I was trying to get at that, you know, what, what was true about that song and what was true about um, kind of realizing that part of your life where I, I went to school and college in a small town Mississippi and so that element was always around, but I realized at that moment in my life that I wasn't gonna be part of that and I don't think I threw another punch, you know, after that, that was probably eighth grade. So, um, which is, you know, pretty good i don't know if you had to fight when you were in in school but yeah i mean uh, no i was uh, yeah anytime i got hit by somebody it was fully deserved by something i said <laughs> um i do i was trying to think like the last time i was in like a like in a fight situation like that and it may have been like middle school grade school like that kind of nebulous like around sixth grade yeah. that there was me and one other guy who were kind of ostracized. We were in the gifted and talented class, which was already ostracized. A bunch of badasses in that class. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, we were tough dudes. Lance. Tough Burn dudes. Burn the witches. Tough dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were kind of already separated, you know, ostracized in the school anyway. So, you know, in any system, the easiest way to create unity is to find a common enemy. At one point, me and this other guy were the common enemy that everybody was like, we hate these two weirdos. Yeah. So it ended up that me and this guy ended up getting in a fight at some point. And like neither of us knew what you mean we the were. The other doing. weirdo? Yeah. 
They pitted you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> yes, but the other weirdo. Yes. But, yeah. They pitted you against it. Like, the pressure got you. They drove you up. The... Yeah, it probably didn't take much, honestly. But, yeah, it was there. And I remember us, like, in the schoolyard, just, like, throwing these wide, like, haymaker punches. <laughs> like, super ineffective. Like, we didn't even know. Like, I don't even know what, what to do, you know. Like, we did that for a while till we were, like... Why would you just at least, like, do the action like it looks like on TV? Like, like we were just tired at that point. <laughs> we just, like, enough. You do get worn It doesn't yeah. take much, like, yeah. you know, get worn out pretty quickly. I honestly don't know what I would do if anybody ever in my whole life ever, like, struck me in the face. I don't know if this is just a female thing. I know there's a lot of tough ladies out there, man, <laughs> you know. Give, me up, give it up for tough ladies. Hey, I got y'all. But, for, like, for me... I, I would like that's unimaginable. Being struck upon upon the face on the countenance about about the face right on your visage. Uh, up until the early sixties, boxing was like taught in high schools and some elementary. It's just like you could sign up for it or PE with boxing gloves and everything. Now I remember sadistic PE stuff, and we should probably write a song about that. Square like uh, square square dancing, square dancing was its own yeah, it was like fun. crucible of, of darkness. But dodgeball, but dodgeball, dodgeball, and when it was raining, mm-hmm. we would play dodgeball with like a flat volleyball. Yeah, so you could fling it, David and Goliath style. Like I just remember watching one guy get hit in the face with a flat, wet dodgeball, and, like, glasses fly off, and, like, his whole... It was like when you see a film of a punch in slow motion, where his whole face was like... (laughs) And, yeah, I've that's that sticks with me as, like, much more brutal than any fight I ever saw at home at junior high. And I saw plenty of fights at home at junior high. But that the, the, that, that incident was like, oh, my God, that's the cru- that's the cruelest thing I've seen happen in a junior high school. Sloppy wet, deflated watermelon. Oh, man. Knock his glasses off. Monstrous. The second thing, uh, second and final thing <laughs> that I like about your songs uh, is the way that you make bridges. You know, because at first, when we're working through a song, I'll admit that when you show the bridge, I always think it's this left turn. Why are we going there? Why are we doing this in this song? And they always end up being my favorite parts of the song. And the things that like I look forward to, you know, you always have those moments in songs where it's like, I'm looking forward to this one little thing. And those bridges are things I always look forward to because it's going to be like, you know, like a Tokyo like, drift into it. Like o- often, those are really good elements to with your songs to to work into other parts. Like how we took what's the song? Oh, that's uh, yeah. Um, he ain't me. He ain't me. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was the the like a, a also bridge. known as Brenda Dana Dana. The transcript will not show my beautiful thing. And this particular song, The Bridge, for sure, was kind of meant to be the rock part of it. It was That's how I knew it was in country. And that also, at that time in my life, was when I really discovered punk rock. And so it's kind of like, this is who I am. You know, I'm a punk rock kid, which is a whole different thing from being right. country. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it feels like the country part is what you're, is what you're hearing. 
And then the the breakaway part is is what's happening like inside you know inside your brain. It's yep. what, you know, what your inner ear is hearing, and the country part is, you know, what your outer. Absolutely, and then you know the whole like way that song came about was, I came to practice one night, and actually I think you were running a little late, and Anna helped me put together those chords. I, I had the chords, but I was sort of trying to mess around with how to make them country. And she actually came up with a way to make it more kind of Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Sort that was hundred percent uh, twang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think I had just learned. I think I was still just learning piano. You were. Really that was that. you came up with that. Like you came in later with that piano. Yeah, because that was like something that when I was kind of taking my lessons with that. This is like here's the the most knucklehead boogie woogie thing <laughs> you can do. So I was like, all right, I'll do that since I know how to do that. And it fit in that song, in that song. But then we I talked think, about that, doing the glissando, and you worked that in. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was like, that was definitely like a, started getting really good. a learning curve kind of thing. Lewis, when was the last time you were in a fight? It's going to be like Thursday, oh. post office. <laughs> well, <laughs> the day he retired. Wait, okay. Chili's this yeah, morning. Uh, wait, wait, wait. One way, one way... Look at it from one way. Uh, I was only in one fight, and that was in probably seventh or eighth grade. One of those, I don't remember. And there were never actually blows struck. It's one of those where, you know, the crowd starts getting around because we're like calling each other names. And this is give me an example. Probably the only reason. The only reason this happens because this is probably the one guy in school that was that was punier than me. <laughs> So I was going to stand up to him, you know, I'm being the tough guy, you know, and I start pushing him and he starts backing up and I finally charged him and I shoved him a couple of times and then he went off running, you know, like I was a big, you know, was I glad that he ran, that's all I can say. But, that's, but later in life, uh, when I, uh, I think uh, I was, uh, I was in between semesters, uh, when I was in college. And I was, my parents were in Morgan City, and I was there, I was working there uh, during the summer, making some money. <clears throat> and I didn't know anybody there, so like I, there was this nightclub down on Highway 90, and you know, like sort of on the outskirts of town. I went down there and like, to have What was this nightclub called? It was, uh, I think it was Uncle Pete's. Pete or Uncle Pete's, one or the other. It was Uncle Pete's, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, Pete's, I'm sure. So I go in there and had a, uh, instead of a normal bar, they just had like a, a little square, they had a square bar in the middle of the space, you know, with a little roof over it, you know, people sitting around. So I Like sat, someone in the middle of it? Like, like a gazebo? Yes. In exactly. The, so I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm, you know. Four-sided. That's uh, pretty good. This is the first time I'd kind of like, so four times I feel kind of comfortable here. You know, like, I'm sitting there, I'm Man, enjoying North, South, beers, East, West. you know, yeah. like, talking to people on my left and my right. And I'm sitting there, and after after a few hours, I realized something was up. I wasn't quite sure what, but I know uh, some people were heading for the door, and then I realized that there was, like, there was a fight getting ready to start. Yeah. <clears throat> so I got up to leave. Turns out the fight was about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking towards the door, and right before I got to the door, this uh, this guy about six five, big redneck, stands up in front of me, you know, and, and his little weedy partner, you know, 
like stands by his side. They stand there and they stop me going out. And then this, this young lady comes up and says, says to the big tall redneck, she says, that's him. He's the <laughs> I don't I don't know who she was. I don't know. What did you do? Yeah, you know what you did. <laughs> I mean, you may I not have known who she was, but. I don't know. What, maybe, she, maybe she was trying to protect somebody else. I don't okay, know. Wait, uh, like, what happened after that? What happened was, she said, he's the one. I said, I said, I didn't do anything. Like, yeah, I've just been sitting at the bar drinking beer, you know? And and I tried to walk past them. And I did succeed in getting, they were right in front of the door. I walked out the door into the parking lot, and they followed me out. And I'm going, oh, shit, I'm going to get my ass kicked out here. I'm a little Carmen Gia. I get in, and I'm trying to get the car started. And these guys, one gets in front of the car, uh, like on the, on the driver's side, the other one grabs my door handle, opens my door to drag me out. I, you know, I already had the car started, so I, I hit the gas and dragged this guy out of the parking lot. They actually based a movie on his life. It's called Urban and Cowboy. It, yeah. It bent the hinges on the on the door, so from that point on, when yeah. I wanted to close the door, I had to pick it up and close it. Mm -hmm. yeah, you Were you afraid? Yes. Yeah. I was. Well, you I, were thinking I, faster than them, because they could have probably picked up. Yeah, that's true. Karma Gia is not that. I hightailed yeah. out of there, and that's the last time I ever went to Lois, no idea what you did? Hmm? No, you have no idea what you did? I didn't do it. I can say that there's been several instances later in life with me that that there's been like a, a fracas like that and and I'm like, what's going on? And people are like, it, it's what you said just a few minutes ago, piss that guy off. <laughs> like it's something that, yeah. you know, if I've had enough drinks, you know. Like Lance, you out. have really bad bitching. Uh, bitching resting face. I do have that. Yeah, yes. your resting yeah. face is always bitching. Yeah. So that could, like you that made you made trouble. Fernando leave a gig one time. I did. Yeah, he thought I was very mad at him. He was in the front row, and I don't really know Fernando, so I'm not sure <laughs> what that was about. Yeah. He was Brazilian. He was like, I I I have to leave this guy. Oh, starts crying, and this guy looks over at me. <laughs> and I was like, please come back. That's just Lance. He's. He, he just has a horrible look yeah, on his face. Yeah, he's just got a horrible face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's got a horrible face. It, yeah. yeah this, right. this is a problem that happens every day. Uh, but it yeah. works for me, you know. Yeah, I'm sure that. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Now, I remember hanging out a Thirsty Tiger in, like, the 90s, that there were people always ready to fight. Mm. Like, I never saw a fight actually happen, but I would always see people, like, squaring off. And I remember me and a couple friends like saw two dudes squaring off in the doorway back to where the foosball was. And we were like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And I was feeling rather cavalier. That's why we came for the foosball and the pension. Basically. And I was like feeling rather cavalier. So I got up between them. I said, fellas, knock it off. Cut it out. And I just remember one of the guys was like, What's this to you, fat boy? <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, like, I had friends in the foosball room that were like, oh, like, yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and it was just a guy who, who, that's what he, that's what somebody told me later. He tries to get in a fight. He was probably the reason I always saw fights there. Because he just tried you, to get in fights. When you're done loving for the night, you go to Thirsty Tiger and you get your fat. Knowledge. Well, there, the that's when the culinary school was next to it. 
was the one and in that's, the town, right? And that's down in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where and the culinary school was in the there was a hotel well. next to it. Yeah. And the culinary school was in the ho- in the basement of the hotel. Yeah. So that's where those guys all went to party you after. Know, after a day of chopping, what you want is a drink and some kind of fist fight. Well, because, you know, it is all cocaine and knives with <laughs> culinary my, my school. My dad so. in high school, in Lutcher High School, was, he was a Golden Gloves boxer. He was a serious boxer. And one of his younger brothers, my Uncle George, like, I, well, I never saw it happen, but my, I heard my dad tell a story that uh, it would happen all the time where my Uncle George would go in a bar somewhere, he'd start a fight with somebody, call him to come bail him out of fights. My what, dad, my what, dad a, never what a bitch move. What exactly is Golden Gloves? I know that's like always a thing you hear about. Like somebody was Golden Gloves. Yeah. Was that like a was that a franchise thing? It was, was Kiwanis that? for boxing. No, no but like, what was it? Yeah, like I don't fi- know. you had to win like a tournament to become. Probably. Um, that's yeah. what I always assumed, but I, don't yeah. know. I mean, and yeah. I saw you know I saw I saw a picture. It was a picture that apparently was in a, a you know in the newspaper of him. You know, it was a Golden Gloves boxer. You know. So he he had accolades <laughs> and he would right. start fights and then make his dad come. Or somebody else come get him? Yep. Well, our high school principal, if you got sent to no, his my, office my for dad was walking out, people was called out to get him. That's what it was. High school principal, Mr. Kuvion. This is like a high school of about 400, roughly. Grades 9 through 12. Very roughly. And so his office was first floor. Dead center when you walked in the door. If you got sent to his office, the first thing you saw behind his desk was a photograph about that big of him in the army in the 40s as a boxer, professional. Oh, he yeah. was mostly like you know, so, big um, poster size. Yeah, my that high school a, my high school principal was like a third string quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys yeah, but, for um, a couple of years. So that's what was totally that was his stifled like, any kind of talk back or. You know, yeah, he had a picture of himself in his office in some kind of uh, he was in military a, regalia. A boxing ring and an outfit, yeah. let's say in 1939 or 40. Or that he is, had that yeah. posture that box and like boxes he took, get. Yeah. Plus his face, you can tell he took a lot of licks, but he always won. That bo- that that boxer posture, like you're trying to break something in half, but you also have to be looking at the side of it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a really big education, like a real. High education. Yeah, so. yeah, cool. Does anybody have anything else they want to add about this song? About uh, how I knew I wasn't country? I can add but, one thing. The reason please. we didn't have a lot of, say, fatal fights back home, like a in, lot of. In Mansura, we had this nightclub called Sheps, the biggest one in the whole state. It was about, they, they added on to it so they had a bar when you walked in. Paid to get in the music part. And then they had two or three more bars. It just it was so long, like maybe as wide as this, but it went back. Like it was the size of four and a half country barns. And a bandstand yeah. in the middle, and we could drink pretty much age fourteen if you were tall. Like they had a, you must be this tall. <laughs> no, yeah, you <laughs> had to be able. It's a classic cliche if you could reach yeah. a bar, you know. Yeah. Must be this tall too, Rob. And uh. The sheriff back then 
probably had cahoots with the nightclub owners. <laughs> because let's say there was, I don't know, 500 people on Saturday night with a big band. He must have had about 50 sheriff's deputies there. Not to keep us from drinking underage, but to break up fights Yeah. before they got out of hand. And they didn't take him to jail. They just sort of, you know, got between, took him outside, threatened him. Yeah, but that, um, and that was close to Marksville where everybody kind of met. Now, we didn't go to the Pelican Club in Marksville because that was guaranteed to get your ass with. Marksville, hate those fuckers. And that place, oh, no, I looked up somebody burned it one talk, night. Couldn't find any nicknames. Oh, yeah. It was one of the biggest yeah. bars in Wallace Parish when somebody burned the Pelican Club. Wait, was um, someone burned the Pelican Club? Yeah. To the, to the ground? Google it. We don't burn it to the sky. Marksville Pelican Club. So, but it was like, it was like a business that was routinely burned to the ground. Uh, I think it only got burned once. Like it's a prank, like <laughs> how you steal the other team's mascot, you're like, ha ha, so I might have got a rebuild and burned again. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I burned the largest bar in the state. <laughs> bar was uh, pretty common. That's how we pranked back then. Yeah, it's true. Common denominator to solve problems. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Especially if there's insurance. Because what can't you fight fire with? Fire. Tabby. Tabby. The bar that I worked, the nightclub that I worked uh, when I was in college in the French Quarter, burned to the ground. Tell us the name of that club once again. Your father's mustache. I remember. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Your father's mustache. That was a franchise, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's no. And, and tell us the, the tell us the the uniform that you wore at. Your father's mustache. I'm not gonna tell you that. Yeah, no, what, <laughs> no, what? There was a, there was a. It was just like, a mustache. Like, no, there was a theme. On his right? father parts. Yeah. Wait, I think it's a gay '90s, like 1890s theme. Yeah, kind of thing. With wear, banjos uh, and all that. You know, wear a, you know, white dress shirt, uh, a red vest, Tenelboro mustache, a fake uh, straw hat, and uh, a real and, straw uh, hat, and a, and a, uh, a bow tie or like or, a Colonel Sanders or a tie or a shoestring tie. Yeah. Or a Colonel Sanders. His little yeah. arm borders, yeah. like. Well, that the, wasn't part of the uniform, but we sold those things as souvenirs, so a lot of people put those on there. Uh, I rest my case. Yeah. Is that on Bourbon Street? Yeah. Did you have like green visors? But didn't they show like old silent movies yeah. up on the wall? They in had, there? Uh, they had a they had a banjo band that played yeah. sing along standards, but they changed all the lyrics to make them a little more raunchy. You know? Yeah. People get drunk and sing along. Can you give me an example? Like Baton Rouge. In and fact, everybody that worked there, when they hired you, they would get you. You drank for free while you worked. It's like always a good policy. And they policy. would get you drunk Employers. during the interview to, to see <laughs> how you would handle your Wait, wait, say what? They would get you they drunk at your They would get you drunk for your interview to see how you would, what your personality was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm impressed. That is Maybe like that's an unorthodox well, it's, it's personnel strategy, effective. but maybe a good one. That was Very cutting effective. edge back then. You yeah, getting yeah, people drunk to see how they work. That was the, like the forefront of technology. Yeah. That was cutting edge, guys. Yeah, that was pre Hooters. That used to be when there was only one habit of highly successful people back then. <laughs> one, <laughs> one, one habit. <laughs> it was just called the drinking, Scotch drinking. Well, yeah. no one's had to think out the box for that one. Huh? Yeah. Oh, and I want to add when. When you said, does anyone else have anything to say? Yeah. This is what happened. Yes. Perfect. Right on. All right. Well, uh, just remember if you're out there 
and you're in a fighting situation, lead with your dominant hand. Lunar shows coming um, up? No. We've got to work on that. Uh, but we have an album coming out here in the next couple months. Number five. Number five. Uh, you can still contribute. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, you will still have time to contribute to our Kickstarter. You can find all that on therakers.com. And we'll be back next week with another episode of I Think I've Heard the Rakers. Thanks.